This is the Agape Project from the Office of Campus Ministry at Bellarmine University. Hi there. Welcome to the Agape Project. Here, we take a moment to listen to stories told by members of the Bellarmine community to learn about their worldview and its progression over their lifetime, spiritual practices, and their calling and purpose as they recognize it in their lives. We are a community of many faiths and no faiths, and the Campus Ministry Office provides support and accompaniment to all as they embark on their individual spiritual journeys. If you would like to share your own story on the Agape Project, please reach out to us at campusministry at bellarmine.edu. Agape is a Greek word for the highest form of love, one that embraces universal, selfless, unconditional care. You may hear us use language about God's agape love for humankind, but please know that we recognize that some listeners may not use God language within the context of their own worldview. So however you find this unconditional love, that is what we are describing. Your own understanding and language are absolutely valid. Now, let's enter the conversation, one member of our community, one human story. We hope you'll listen for examples of agape love in action. Hello, my name is Grace Michaels. I'm the peer minister for both Anniversary and Petrick Halls. And today I have a friend with me to do an agape chat. Uh, do you mind <laughs> introducing yourself and just uh, telling a little bit about like your involvement at Bellarmine? Sure. Um, my name is Bilal Kazi. I am a sophomore, second semester sophomore, so I'm almost done with being a sophomore. Um, and I am... I'm a commuter, so I'm not really on campus a whole lot, especially during the COVID times. But I'm a part of a few clubs, and I, I do work for the marketing Office of Marketing Communications, so I get involved with a lot of stuff that way as well. That's actually the main way that I figured out about campus ministry is looking at your guys' events to promote them for different marketing communications stuff. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you still get to be involved. I actually didn't I forgot that you were a commuter because like I don't know I just like see you around especially yeah. with like working at Katie's you know but, oh yeah, uh, yeah uh what clubs are you involved in um I am a member of the radio club I'm also a member of the philosophy club I'm a member of the archery club and we have training every Monday night which is a lot of fun and yeah I think that's it so do you mind telling me a little bit about like your faith background and kind of like how you were raised and where you are now Sure. Um, so I was born and raised Muslim, and I still am Sunni Muslim, and I still am all all that. I am still Sunni Muslim. It was very. My parents moved to. I was born in Chicago, but my parents moved to um, the Middle East to the UAE in uh, when I was three. So, you know, I basically grew up there. I only moved back here for college. Um, so I was really steeping ste steeping in uh the religious sort of culture because you know uh especially islam is like basically the culture over there they're basically intertwined um and so yeah i grew up with that and still am that here in the united states so how did you come to bellarmine then how did you find bellarmine as the college to go to well there's a couple things that sort of happened there um I was looking for colleges 
firstly, I wanted a college that was sort of near to my grandparents who live here in Kentucky, because although I didn't want to live with my parents, I also didn't want to be, you know, just completely out there. So the original idea was that I would be dorming at a college, but I would be, you know, within an hour or two from, a, you know, a known family member. Um, but then it turned out that I saw Bellarmine and Bellarmine's communication school seemed pretty good, which is what my major is, communications. So I decided to apply to Bellarmine. And then along the way, I also discovered that my grandfather graduated from Bellarmine back when it was guys only. So it's sort of like, you know, at, you know, Bellarmine's just a few, like 20 minutes away from my grandparents' house. So it was like, that would be perfect. Um, and my parents were a little worried about me dorming. So it kind of made more sense because then I could also stay with my grandparents so I could knock out that. Um, and then Bellarmine also gave me the best deal scholarship-wise. So, you know, especially for my dad, that was like, a, well, there you go. That's what you're deciding. Yep. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It sounds like you, like, kind of, um, how has your, like, practice changed with, like, you said, like, kind of, like, when you're in the Middle East, like, you were, like, steeped in the culture, right? And, like, obviously, that's not here, you know? So, like, how do you practice, like, in America? Yeah, it's it's definitely... It's not just a COVID thing, you know, you might think like it's a lot of, it's a lot less interaction, I guess. And that's really just, you know, mostly my own fault. Like I could go to the mosque if I wanted to really, but I don't have, you know, I don't make the time for it. Like I probably should be. So, you know, prayers that, you know, usually back home when it was time for prayer, we'd go to all five prayers of the day, we'd go to the mosque. Um, but I've been doing them, you know, at home since I've been in the States and there's a lot of things like, especially when I'm working or if I'm with friends or if I'm at the college, I kind of have to adjust how I do my, how I pray and stuff like that according to my schedule for school, because, you know, that's what you got to do. So it's different in that sense. Um, but otherwise, it's the same, at least in terms of what I actually do, it's the same. Do you still find like time and like space here at Bellarmine to be able to pray? Yes, thankfully the uh, the prayer room in the library is actually really really useful for that. Um, I also know there's one in Primo, and but I use the one in the library pretty much all the time. Every every time I'm there, I usually pray one or two prayers there, depending on how long I'm on campus. So that's pretty useful because, you know, <laughs> we can pray wherever we want. It's you know it's allowed. You can pr pray wherever you want. So theoretically, I could just like do it in the quad or something, but it's nice to have a, a private area like that to go do it. And I see the book that's there. There's a book where you're supposed to write what you're in there for, what your religion is and why you're in there. And it's like columns of people who say that there is Muslim in there for prayer. And that's kind of cool to see, although I only know like one other Muslim on campus. But it's like cool to see like that tradition there, you know, like not really tradition, but more like line. That's really cool. And I like the room in the library. I feel like it's, I don't know, it's like a peaceful place. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with being on the quiet floor. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so with like your worldview, do you consider it more like a spiritual practice or more like a religious practice? And like, are those things separate for you or are they one and the same? Um. I would say it's more religious, and I would also say that the two are complementary. They kind of have to go together. Like, in order to be religious, you kind of have to be spiritual. Kind of, they kind of fit together. Um, 
I think you can be spiritual without being religious, but you can't be religious without being spiritual. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying there in the vibe. Tell me about your faith tradition. What do you love about being Muslim? Um, well, I've, I've thought about this. I think probably the best part is really the community. You know, the like I've said before, Islam is supposed to be like a way of life, and it's basically just, it's basically a culture, you know, uh, in and of itself over in the Middle East. So if if someone else, if another Muslim knows you're Muslim, there's just automatically that sort of connection, you know, that it's not like, oh, you went to the same high school as me or something like that. It's it's like a lot deeper than that. It's like you, your whole life revolves around the same things that my whole life revolves around. And I think that's probably one of the best parts of it. Yeah. Where do you maintain that like community, you know, like with obviously as we like had kind of touched on before, like the culture is not like centered around like the same religion here, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to do. It's I mean, the best place to do it would be the mosque. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not easy. Um, sometimes I'll go to, you know, a restaurant or a, a store that's Muslim owned. And there's sort of that, you know, it's like almost like a peek into what used to be. Um, and that's kind of cool. But yeah, I don't have any sort of regular way of touching back with that community, unfortunately. Yeah. Is there a large Muslim population in Louisville or like with like own stores and stuff? I just don't know of any. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's like massive, but it's definitely I mean, it's enough that there's like, yeah, there's several stores. I know of four mosques off the top of my head. I mean, there's a good, probably a good few hundred, if not thousand. Yeah, because like I know it's like a, like Louisville's like a big immigration center, right? So like it would yeah. make sense that there would be, um, with like your faith, like are there any aspects of your tradition that you like struggle with or that you like disagree with? Um, well, there's one really easy one to point out that's always been that is struggled with on in the whole religious community, which is. Um, music, which might take some people by surprise, but um, in Islam, it's actually split 50-50 pretty much as to whether music is okay or not. Um, and the reasons behind that are, you know, we won't get into all of that, but basically it's sort of a gray area. And um, obviously pretty much everyone everywhere else loves music, you know, so it's kind of hard to... Uh, it's kind of hard. I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm, I've decided yet. I still am not sure whether I think it's really okay or not. You know, sometimes I'll try and stay away from it and sometimes I'll partake and it's really, I'm always just confused about it. So that's probably one of the most difficult things. Yeah. And I bet it's like super hard to like avoid, you know, because like exactly. Yeah. People know that. And like, yeah, you don't have to go into like a whole history lesson or anything. <laughs> You're just, you know, representative you, not your entire religion or sect, you yeah. know? I bet that would be hard is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it certainly is weird. Are there any misconceptions you think people have about your religion? Yeah, well, see, that one is a bit difficult because that question is a bit difficult because it's hard to know, like, what is just something you see in the movies or what's something that one's group one small group thinks about your religion. Um, so, you know, there's obviously the the obvious ones, like, you know, they're all living in tents or they're all terrorists or something like that, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, like, 
especially in our generation, we're a lot more tolerant, I think, than previous generations. And it's hard to really know how pervasive that is nowadays, like ideas like that. Like I surround myself with people who are really interested in, you know, learning about different cultures and stuff like that. Um, and so thankfully, I haven't heard anything really blatant like that in a long time. So I really don't know if it really is around that much anymore. Um, but one that's one good one is um, that that Islam is backwards because of how traditional it is. And while it's no <laughs> it's no secret that it's probably the most traditional or one of the most traditional religions that's out there, you know, it hasn't really updated a whole lot. Um, but I would argue that that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, I mean, if the religion was just changing its core doctrine every other year, you know, it would kind of be like, hmm, what's going on there, you know, like if something is very clearly said to be wrong, or something is really clearly said to be good, I feel like it should stay that way, you know. But yeah, the whole idea that it's like, like, we can't really fully become modern because we're stuck in this sort of traditional religious slum. I feel like that's a bit of a misconception. I mean, especially countries like the UAE are on the up and up, you know, with all that oil money, they're getting technologically advanced real quick. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, especially, I don't know, like when I hear is like, just like thinking the Middle East is like all the same when it's like, no, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, well, I'm glad that your experience, like, here at Bellerman has been, like, good, you know? Like, Bellerman's a little bit of a bubble, and, like, I think it's especially, yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. How does, um, and with, like, your involvement on campus, like, how does your faith come through with your, like, involvement as a student? Yeah, well, like I said before, um, it, it is, it's a way of life, so pretty much everything I do on campus is somehow affected by my religion you know all my morals and the way that i try to act is really a, a product of my religion um and you know i always try to be <laughs> i try to be respectful of elders which i feel like is something that's hard to find at least amongst my friend group you know yeah i, I just try to be as you know uh how do what's the right word not classy but as you know as proper as I can be. And I think that's uh, almost a religious, you know, try to be as moral as possible and respectful. And I think that's all grounded in my religion. Yeah, a respectful is a good way to put it. I think like what you said, like really resonates with like, I've done like a lot of these chats, right? And like, one of them, like, they're all fascinating to me. And like, one of the most like common themes that I've heard is that like, everyone's like when I ask like that question like oh how does that show up like how does your faith show up in your life they're like it's in everything I do and I just I don't know I think it's something cool to point out and to like notice what is a favorite celebration or custom in your tradition well <laughs> when it comes to celebrations there only are two although they're they're big ones um so I guess I'll talk about those two um there's the two Eids there's uh Eid al-Adha and uh, Eid al-Fitr. So Fitr comes right after Ramadan. So it's sort of like the celebration, hey, you finished fasting the whole month, like, good job, you know. Um, and that's always, yeah, that's always a really fun time. And then there's Eid al-Adha, which is to um, commemorate Moses, um, supposedly uh, 
going to slaughter his son, but then God being like, nope, it's actually a sheep. And, you know, so that's, that's that. But yeah, it's, it's a great, especially back home, you know, it's just, there's a, it's so hard to describe. There's a, there's a feeling in the air, you know, I guess it's almost like Christmas, right? You know, it's like, everyone knows that it's Eid, you know, and there's like, everyone's like shaking hands and everybody, everywhere you go, everyone's excited about it. And it's just a great time. Um, and there's like, um, some of my greatest memories are the last day of Ramadan, because obviously we decide it could be one of two days. Every, every time, every Eid could be one of two days because we decide on the moon. So there's a committee that looks to see if they see the moon and if they don't see it, then it's not Eid. If they do see it, then it's Eid the next day. Um, and so I remember when I was really young and we'd finish pr uh, our night prayer at one at the local mosque and then everyone would sit and wait. You know, like usually people get up and they leave, you know, to go about their day. But on the last day of Ramadan, everyone would everyone sits and just is waiting. And the person, the imam, the person who leads the prayer usually has some sort of contact and there, you know, everyone's just waiting. And then if it's he announces like, you know, on the speaker, like tomorrow is going to be then like everyone's like, we don't clap, but you know, it's like a level under that. Everyone's like hugging and shaking hands. And yeah, it's a great time. Like you can feel the, like the spirit and the anticipation in the air. That's like palpable. Definitely. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> Just like, like a mass text of like, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so fun. Um, who has a person that has been influential or who you've looked up to within your own worldview? I mean, there's several, you know, so many things have shaped where so many people have shaped who I am now. Um, but I think a good one to talk about might be cliched, but a good one to talk about is my grandfather. Um, especially if we're talking about, cliche. give me yeah. the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if we're talking about like religious things, my grandfather is, ultra religious um and he's really i don't know you know he's just sort of a he's a chill guy you know like he's on my dad's side and he's muslim and he always always goes to every prayer in the mosque and it, you know there's sort of things that are like drilled into my head about him that he's always you know he's always really really emulates the faith you know in the way that like he's like the ideal to me almost um which is maybe a little <laughs> gonna be a little stressful to say something like that about him but you know it, it's he really does everything he does is if he does it then i'm assuming that that's probably right you know like it's and it's the same for my dad always talks about him because you know he just knows what, and like anything, if you need anything, you ask him to pray for it because it, there's like this feeling that he just has to be more connected to God. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like kind of like that moral model and like, just like aspiring to be him. Does he know this? Does he know you see him that way? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Would you tell him? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind telling him, but like I said, you know, he's, he's, pretty quiet and just like a really nice guy it would be kind of I think kind of awkward and maybe a little uncomfortable for him to hit him hit him with that oh he'd maybe be a little bit embarrassed <laughs> yeah so are there things that you feel like you can learn about yourself when you get to know people of different worldviews 
definitely. That is that's a big one. I mean, especially coming to Bellarmine and you know leaving the place where I grew up. It's I almost I have this sort of um, goal in mind that I want to make sure that everything that I'm believing in is proper, and I want to like flesh out everything. So yeah, I I actively seek friends who are who think differently than me and are willing to talk to me about it. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think that it's really important to have people from other views. Yeah. That's another thing with like doing these chats is it's like everything has made me like reflect on my own experiences. Like I just love like learning from other people and just like, it's wild. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. Do you have like a someone of like like if I'm like okay name a friend from a different like worldview that like really inspires you like who comes to mind for you? Um well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if inspire is the right word, but I do have a few friends who I regularly um discuss/debate with. Um I've got one friend who's agnostic who loves to take jabs at religion and then that always turns into a an interesting discussion. Um I've got a couple of friends who are Catholic, all of them from Bellarmine, and it's always fun to talk and, you know, like make connections and see, you know, like, hey, I didn't know that. Like, I always like to say, I don't know if you're Christian or not, but I always like to say to any of my friends, anybody who I meet who's Christian, like, hey, we both believe Jesus is coming back. So there is something we have in common, right? That Abrahamic faith, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. We do have similarities. I think that's yeah. another thing. Like, people don't know, like, how interconnected some religions are. And they're, like, not that different. Like, another thing. I know we've been talking about themes through the chats. But, like, that, like the similarities in yeah. different faiths are just interesting. But that sounds fascinating. Like, having those different conversations and stuff. And I do from, come from, a, like, I, I was raised Catholic. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways there's only so many ways to be moral and there are only so many ways of things that are right, you know? So I think a lot of religions end up lining up in their real core values. Yeah, definitely. So you had talked about, Oh, I haven't asked this question to like literally anyone and you are going to get the question okay. skip around with the questions, but you had talked just because you had talked about like respecting elders and like, that's like a part of like your tradition. Right. So like, what role do you see young adults having in your tradition? Is there a role? Well, again, to be sort of cliched, I guess the obvious answer is to carry the mantle. I mean, you know, we've got to make sure we keep this stuff alive. It's, it's really, I think a lot of the, um, the younger generations are sort of drifting away from religion, so to speak. I think there's a rise in quote unquote spirituality because a lot of people are, you know, disturbed by their religious upbringings and, or by the religion that they see around. And then they resort to something, something else, anything else, something that they can control on their own. But, you know, and organized religion has sort of earned itself a bad name for obvious reasons, you know? Um, but, I think that the younger people, like I could see it happening, especially back home when, you know, like everyone is Muslim, you can sort of see the generational divide as, as, as you get younger, they care less about it. They know less about it. You know, it's like so many people, like my, my parents taught me all these, um, especially my dad taught me all these really 
<laughs> really specific things, you know, about about the religion, things that you need to do and exceptions that can be made to different things. And it's just crazy to me sometimes to see people who don't know that. It's like your father never told you that or your parents never told you about that. And and I think that's maybe one of the most pressing uh, issues of the young generation is just keeping it alive. You know, I mean, it's so easy to just when you're young, just not think about it. And maybe when you get older, you'll be like, I'm religious now because, you know, maybe you have some sort of spiritual awakening or something like that, but you've already lost whatever that teaching was way back when, you know, and you've got to almost build it up from anew. And so I think it's important to try and hold, not lose that and hold on to that. Yeah. And I think you put it like really well, like a lot of people still have that like spiritual wanting and like they have that like yearning for like some aspect in that way, but it's this like traditional organized religion just has not been it you know and I don't know whether that's like people are going to move towards like a different organized religion or like what that change is going to be but like I feel like and I think a lot of the older generation thinks it's just like we don't believe but like I think it's just like we're just searching for something else like we want that but like what is it going to be you know yeah like I know so many I mean I obviously am Muslim but I know so many people who are I I know so many more people who are agnostic than are atheist, you know, like so many people believe there is, there's gotta be something, right? I mean, religion, I think is just such a core, uh, such a core requirement in our lives, you know, not religion per se, but at least spirituality, like you need that other, that connection to something greater than yourself. And uh, I think, I think that there was an explosion several years ago of, you know, skepticism around religion and now people are sort of like looking for something to fill that void. Yeah. And I think a lot of the conversations, which like, obviously like a lot of people like come from Louisville, like to go to Bellarmine and like, just like Louisville's a large Catholic population. And especially like in the Catholic church, there's been all this like stuff over the years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's part of it as well. So yeah, I'm interested to see how it changes like moving forward and stuff. For sure. So why do you think that it is important to pray? And like, what do you expect to come from like prayer? Um, well, there's sort of a connection, obviously. The connection with God is probably the most important thing. Um, on, in a, on a worldly level, of course, you might have something you want or you need help with that you might pray that you get help with. Um, but, you know, there's always there's these stories about the old the companions of the prophet about how they used to pray for like hours and hours for just one prayer, you know, like five prayers a day and one prayer would take them like an hour, whereas nowadays it takes you like 10 or 15 minutes. And it's because it's supposed to like give you a spiritual sort of like calmness in your heart. It's supposed to be something that you're like looking forward to, you know, and obviously I'm not always really good about that but and it's kind of hard to really find that right you know it's like maybe you're not doing it right or maybe you're not focusing enough or what it is exactly but but yeah i think prayer is just really important to sort of stay connected with like if you're going to be religious you can't just say i'm muslim and then not do anything you know like the whole point of the religion is sort of to be connected to something higher than yourself yeah it takes a little bit of activeness i think sometimes 
you gotta allow yourself some grace, you know? Because, like, I don't know, you, I feel like you keep saying some of these things that are like, oh, yeah, I just wish I could try harder and, like, stuff. But, like, <laughs> I don't know, you seem like a person that is really invested and does try, like, at yeah. least from my perspective. Is there a non-traditional way that you find yourself feeling closer to, like, the God, Spirit, Divine at all? Yeah, again, that's kind of a hard one since Islam is so... You know, since the religion commands so much of your life, it's really hard to like, you know, if you're having a spiritual moment, it it's so easy to automatically say, well, that's because of this thing I did or, you know, like tie it back to the religion somehow. And then it becomes like, like explanatory, self-explanatory. So it's really not, there's not really any one thing that I do regularly that would not be already something that someone else in my religious group would do. I mean there's certain verses that I like better than others. And there's certain prayers that I like to say or read um, other than others. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely other people in the world who say those same things that I do. So other than that, not particularly, no. Where do you see your like religion and um, tradition moving forward, you know? And like, does this connect at all to like what you want to do in life and like your career or like your lowercase, like, the vocation or which is like your calling or purpose in life i know that was like a loaded question so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know it's it's one of those things that's like i'm still not totally sure where i'm going in life like most of us are and you know yeah so religion it's it guides me morally and obviously spiritually but, you know, there's nothing in the religion that says you got to be a doctor, you know, so or you got to be really excited about X, Y or Z. So that's up to me to decide. And I think the, that religion provides um, a framework for that. But beyond that, you know, I just got to try and figure it out on my own. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the questions that I had for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you for talking with me today. I've always, I don't know, I enjoyed our conversation at non Non, and this was just another yeah. good conversation. Definitely. Did you catch it? The example of agape love in action? What resonated with you in the story shared today? Where did you hear agape love present? What would our world look like if in every interaction we had, we allowed agape love to lead us? Where might we be more present to those moments in our everyday, if only we paused to notice? How will you show someone agape love today? Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Agape Project. Tune in again next week for more stories. If you want to get involved or share your own stories of Agape Love in Action, just reach out at campusministry at bellarmine.edu and we'll get you set up. Have a blessed week.